First Kings chapter 19, when you find it, stand. Thank God for men like Elijah. Elijah was a man of God. And he didn't think so. Because when you know yourself, when you know who you really are, you say, how can I be anything special? How can I be anything? How can God use me? Why would God use me? I'm not better than they are. And he, he says the same thing. He said, I'm, not, I'm no better than my fathers. They were better than I was. Why me, Lord? Verse 1. 1 Kings chapter 19, we'll read a few verses. We'll pray. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And Jezebel, she was an interesting lady. And Ahab, amen. I'll tell you what, they were very, both wicked couple, but they, they did, sure did stick together. And that's what, what I get out of that, amen? They were a good husband and wife. They were a team, but they were, the wrong, they were a bad team, amen? But they certainly were a team for the bad side, but uh, it just shows us we need, to, we need to be team for the good side, amen? We need a good, solid husband and wife um, that would work together for the purpose of God, not against them. All that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword, this is when Elijah... Verse 8, uh, chapter 18, I called down fire from heaven. Amen. And then afterwards, the Bible said Elijah uh, slain all the prophets, the false prophets of God. Uh, verse 2, then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me. And more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Verse 4, but he, went, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And let's pray. Lord, thank you for Elijah and giving, Lord, his uh, testimony, Lord, according to your word. And Lord, uh, thank you, Father, for your word. Very unique how we can read a person's life and think it's them, but this is actually your word, Father, that was forever settled in heaven before even Elijah, Lord, uh, was in existence. And I thank you, Lord, how you arranged all this. And uh, Lord, it takes faith to just trust your word. Um, But we can see that it's obvious truth, Lord, without faith, that is powerful, Lord, when we when we just read it and, and live by it, Lord, it fixes every issue. Father, known to man, Lord, it'll take away the sorrow of heart, Lord, which is a curse to man. It'll take away, Lord, the pain and, 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 and stress of life. And Lord, just replace it with joy. Thank you so much, Father, for your word. I pray you bless it now in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Maybe seat it. But he himself, verse 4, went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. Now, Elijah had done some great things for God. He was, he was a, a man of God, uh, and there was nobody like Elijah. Elijah was very special. Amen? And the Bible says that God took him. Uh, he went up uh, in a whirlwind, amen, in the heaven. A chariot of fire came down, and Elijah went up in a whirlwind. And he never died, never seen death. Just went right up. God just took him, amen, like, like Enoch. And there was two men, Enoch and Elijah, that God just took. They'd never seen death. And something very special. Amen. Uh, but Elijah, a very special man of God, we can see here how he felt. 
seen some great things done by God uh, through his life, through his hand. And he's saying, for I am not better than my fathers. I'm not better uh, than those who have went before me. I'm not better, uh, Lord, than, than this prophet over here or that prophet. I'm not better than they are, Lord. Just, just take my life. This is too much for me. It's too much. And if, if you've ever uh, attempted to walk with the Lord, and you, I'm sure you all have here, uh, then you know you get into situations like this, how you feel um, undermined, how you feel collapsed, how you feel depressed. And I'll tell you this, uh, everyone goes through depression. They do. Everyone goes through some type of depression in, in many different ways, many different forms. Uh, and we all go through that. But Elijah here, man of God, seen some great victories. You wouldn't think that he would go through something like this, especially after uh, the great victory that he saw, especially after the power of God that went through him and seen actually fire rain down from heaven. When he called on God and fired, the Bible says, uh, licked up even the dust that was around uh, the altar and sacrifice that he had presented to the Lord in proof that he is the true and living God and only God. Amen. Such sacrifice that Elijah had made, such a stance and strength that he uh, imposed upon the false prophets of Baal and, and stood up against Ahab, the king of Israel, and Jezebel, and made known the glory of God and proved it to them and then stood up afterwards. And this is how he ended up after. Lord, kill me. Take away my life from me. This is too much, a weight. And I, I promise you this, I've realized in my life that God wants to uh, share his burden with us somehow. The closer you get to God, God shares his burden. And not much of a burden does he share, but what a burden it is to us. He calls on women. He calls on men to walk with him, to share his burden, to share his stories in heaven, to share what, what he's going through, to share how he feels. To walk with God is not a one-way walk. It's God walking with us and us walking with God. There's a communion. There's a fellowship. And when we, we can share to God all of our burdens, and he takes it from us. But the second God just hints a little taste of what he goes through in heaven, it consumes us. And we wind up sitting under a juniper tree saying, God, just kill me. I can't bear this. I can't do it. I can't, uh, I can't do it anymore. I can't walk with you. I remember Jeremiah, he felt the same way. Nobody would listen. He felt as if it was all in vain. You ever felt like that? Why, am I, why do I keep going to church? Why do I keep reading my Bible? Why do I keep uh, trying? And, and it, it just seems like nothing's going on. But you can see the power of God in your life. You can see God's hand of grace keeping you from certain things. And you can see how God is there, but you just can't take another step. You ever been like that? You ever felt like that? Why should I even keep going? I'm no better than anybody else. I'm no better than they are. And you wind up finding yourself under that juniper tree, requesting, Lord, just take, I'm done. I'm calling it quits. Take away my life, Lord. I'm not better than anybody. I'm just a mistake. I'm a mess up. I have too many flaws. How can you use me? You remember the, the working of God in your life, but somehow that doesn't quite fit your need. You remember the great miracles that God had done in your life, but somehow it, it's just not enough to keep you going. You can't find yourself getting up again. 
Elijah went through a trial right here. Something seemed so small. You had hundreds of prophets of Baal standing against him. You had the king of Israel. And Elijah had no problem standing for God. But then Jezebel, she wasn't even there. It was through a messenger's messenger. She said, I'm going to kill you. And you know what? That was the final straw that broke the camel's back. And I've noticed that in my life. It's not the big things. Big things, I like doing some big things. You know why? Because we get part of the glory. But the little things behind the scenes that nobody knows you're going through, that's what eats you away. That's the things that make you snap. That's the things that you can't handle. Maybe a little attitude from, from the spouse. Make you... Maybe, maybe a problem at work. Right? Something. Something that breaks your back. And this was it. This was the straw that broke Elijah's back. Sent him under that tree, crying out, Lord, kill me. Kill me. This was it. This is what brought Elijah down. This is what brought him through a trial. The words uh, of Jezebel brought him through the trial of his life. Verse 4, we see here, the Bible says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. Elijah was on a journey now. And you know, you don't think God is with you sometimes. Sometimes you get yourself in that place. You, you make the mistake uh, which takes you to that point, and you think God has left you. You find yourself in the wilderness, and you think you brought yourself there. But you know what? Just as Kayla sang, all along, God's been with me. God's been with me. God's will is not based on your performance. God's will is not based and subject to your perfection. God's will can get done with or without you. And you get to be a part of it. God is not subject to our uh, imperfections. God is not subject to uh, our flaws and downfalls, amen? God is God, and he needs no man, amen? And we need God, and the more we know we need God, we get him. Maybe you find yourself in the wilderness because you got yourself there, but let me say this, it don't matter. Whether you're in the wilderness for, because of you or because of what somebody else said or because of uh, just uh, circumstances, you're still there. You're still under that tree. And let me say this. This was the beginning of a journey for Elijah. Elijah has already seen some great things done by God. Verse 4, he's in the wilderness. A time in his life of uncertainty. What does he do now? Where does he go? Is there anything left for me to do? Is there anything, Lord, I'm all alone now. I've, I've given it my all and I'm, I'm in this situation Running for my own life, is this what I get? Is there any sense of keep, to keep going to church? It's not helping me anymore. It's not helping my family. It's not uh, 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 helping my circumstances. I still struggle with the same old sin. I'm still dealing with the same old me. And you find yourself under there. In verse 5, the Bible says, And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. 
heavenly food. Amen. The word of God. The word of God. An angel delivered heavenly food to this man and gave him rest. You know, if you can, if, let me say this. Elijah's last words at this moment was, Lord, kill me. If you can, some, if you can even say, Lord, kill me. Lord, say something to him. Anything. Lord, I'm done. And you know what he'll respond back? Oh, no, you're not done. He's got some things for you. If you find yourself in that dire of a state where you think everything is ended and you can just give one final call out, one final call out before your head goes underwater, I promise you, God will come and lift you up. At first, he might just throw you a life raft and you got to float for a little bit. See what else happens here. Verse 7. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time. First time, Elijah got some rest. You know, he was on the run. Went into the wilderness. The man of God. Despised. Rejected. Lonely. You can start naming some things that our Lord went through. Amen. You find a relationship. What the men of God, women of God go through in their life when they walk with God and stand for God. And it's a direct comparison to what Christ did for us. Don't you see that God wants to relate to you so much, but in, for, for order, uh, in order for us to walk with God, we got to know what God goes through. We got to first love our enemies because Christ loved us. We got to first forgive those who work against us and have done us wrong because we've done that to the Lord. And the simple basics of life, when we can start relating to God and what he goes through, then we get closer to the Lord. Now it's not a one-way walk. Now it's a relationship. Now it's fellowship. Verse 7, And the angel of the Lord came again the second time, touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Eating again brought now, first it brought rest, now it brought direction. You ever give up too soon? The Bible says you'll reap if you faint not. Be not weary in well-doing. You hang in there. You keep your head afloat, realizing that if God came through before, he's going to come through again. Realizing that God's not through with you no matter who you are or what you've become. God is the God of miracles, and let him work the miracle with you. God is the God of miracles, but sometimes you just got to sit down, get out of the way, get into the wilderness, and spend some time with God and figure this thing out. The angel came. He gave him rest. The angel came again. Now he gave him some direction, and he said, you're going to be on a long journey now. What's that do for a man? I'll tell you what it does. I thought he was tired out. I thought he was done. No. Now he feels like he's got purpose again. Now he feels like he's got something worth living for. Because Christ said so. Christ is not done with anybody. Christ is not thrilled with you. You find yourself under the juniper tree. Christ is not done with you. You got a long way to go. You got a long road ahead of you. 
and a special calling placed on you by God Almighty. You just got to wait it out. You got to keep your head afloat. You just got not to give up too early because the journey is too great for thee. For thee. Verse 8, and he arose and did eat and drink and went into the strength, went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. This was the same mountain where Moses met God at. Amen. This is the same mountain where Moses would spend time with the Lord. The mount of God. A special place for Elijah? No. A special place uh, for men of God? No. It's a special place for God. It's called the mount of God. It was a special place for God to bring Moses up there. It's a chosen place. It's a special place where God wants to go and meet with you. You see, God has his um, places that he wants. Amen? Church is one of them. God has places for you to go. Like the Garden of Gethsemane was a special place of prayer. God has special places for each one of us. Called our prayer closet. God has special places uh, They're in the Bible reading times. God has special places that he wants to meet you there. And he calls you. Elijah was far from there. But God gave him the strength to get where he needed to go. You see, and sometimes we're far from where God wants us to be. But let me say this, that his grace reaches down to the lowest parts. And as far as your sin can take you, and as far as this world will drive you, and as far as your flesh will fail you, God's grace is greater. And it will take you as long as it needs to take you so you can get to your destination to God. Forty days and forty nights was the place. That's how long it took. And that's how long God's grace lasted. Just enough to get him there. He didn't give up the first time. You know when that angel fed him the first time. He didn't get up and say, well, I'm going home. No, he stayed. He stayed. He got rest. You know, sometimes we squander our rest. You ever squander your rest? God, if you get me out of work early, I'm going to spend time with you. You get home, you watch your favorite movie. Right? That's how we are. Lord, I'm a, I promise you after the service, I'm going to come down to the altar. God, you spoke to my heart. I'm going to spend time in prayer. I'm going to pray all night long. I'm not even going to sleep. And as soon as you get home, you go and watch some TV or whatever, and then you go right to bed. Right? Anybody? That's how we are. That's how we are. And sometimes we squander that rest. But Elijah didn't. Oh, no. Elijah didn't squander that rest. The Bible says he went back to sleep there. He stayed there under that juniper tree, waiting for something more. Isn't that like... God, to always come through. He didn't come through with everything at first. No, so Elijah waited. He didn't say, you know, God came through. I'm gone. I'm going back home. No, he knew there was more. So he waited it out. He knew if he can get fed once. He knew if God would help him once. He knew if he came to church one time and he got something out of it, then there was something more to keep coming back. And he waited for God. And God came back again. And that's when God gave him the meat that he would run on. That's when God gave him the grace. That's when God gave him the answer he was searching for. And he ran on that meat 40 days and 40 nights for his own benefit, for his own career, no. For his own worldly pleasure, no. To get to God. 
to the mount of God, the same place where Moses would be a lot earlier, the same place where men of God, God would call men up there to meet with him. It was the mount of God, a special place. It was a special place of prayer. It was a special place of Bible reading. It was a special place where you can spend time with God because you know God would be there. You know God would be waiting there if you can just get back there. You ever ignore that place? You know God's calling you? Hey, pray with me. You know God's waiting. Why doesn't God answer my prayers? Do you go to the special time of prayer? Do you go to Mount Horeb to spend time with God? Why doesn't God speak to me in his word? Do you go to that special place of reading his word? Or is it just on your time? Or is it just in your place? Or is it just according to your terms? Maybe you need some grace to get you where you need to be, to the mount of God, to spend that time. Elijah was in a fix. He was in a trial of his life. Something so small, it seems, when you read the power that God worked through this man, but it was big to him. And there may be things small to others, but it might be big to you. But I promise you this, you find yourself under that juniper tree. You might be in the very place God wants you to be. Verse 9 and 10, the Bible says, And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Elijah said in verse 10, he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down on altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Elijah now, God has... Tell me, tell me your cares, Elijah. Tell me what's bothering you. God gave him the grace to get to Mount Horeb. And now God's saying, what's wrong, Elijah? Tell me your problems. Tell me how you're feeling. You know, there's weights that we don't need to bear any longer. And we're waiting for God to just take them away. But there might be some things first that we have to do to get to God. To get to God, to get to the place of God, to get to where God's at, to get to where God wants to be. And you might not think you can get there, but God is willing to give you the grace to do it. You ever stand up for God and then all hell breaks loose in your life? You know where God moves. You know, God created this land. The dirt. We're just dirt. Our bodies, not our soul. Amen? Our soul is living. It's alive. But our body is just dirt. Breaks down, decomposes. Animals take away, we eat our fingers up and all that. (laughs) But our bodies are just dirt. God made the dirt. And from dirt, God made man. God, listen, when God moves, when God works, when God's presence is there, things happen. You want God in your home. There's going to be some earthquakes. 
You want God in your life. God's big. If you want an in-ground swimming pool in a little Philly yard, you're going to have some issues. If you want God in your house, there's going to be some bigger issues. He tells Elijah, verse 11, he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. He tells Elijah to stand. We just went over the armor of God. Having done all to stand, you stand. And the Bible says, as the Lord passed by, there was a great strong wind, and it rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. What type of wind was this? Where it broke rocks. I've never heard of such a thing. But when God, listen, when God comes, God didn't make this. This came when God came. And when God comes, there's stuff that's going to happen in your life. When God comes into your home, when God comes into your life, listen, hell may break loose because Satan doesn't like it. Satan doesn't like you moving for God. Satan wants to believe that he has a grip on your life. Satan wants to believe that he's going to have you continue in your sin for that much longer so you are ineffective for the Lord. Satan wants to believe that he's going to have your kids when they get older. Satan wants to believe that he has your marriage in five, ten years. Satan wants to believe that. But God knows the truth. And he's going to work against that. And he's going to try his best to get in a foothold in your door, the Lord is. And where God steps in, things move. But let me say this, the wind that rent the rocks, the wind that broke the mountain, the wind that shook the place, which is powerful wind, didn't move Elijah. Elijah stood there. What type of wind could move the strength of a mountain but not move this man? How could this man get such a strength? And isn't it like God, when you see all hell breaking loose in your home, you think you lost control of your life. You think your peace has been disturbed. But with God, yet there could be all this turbulence in your life, but yet there's a peace in your heart. How can a man, a, a, a wind that can break and rent rocks with such strength, not cause a man like Elijah to fall? What type of strength does Elijah have? Only the strength that will take him to underneath a juniper tree. But you see, God's now in the scene. God is now in your home. God is now back in your life. And a wind like that could not make this man fall. The presence of God, although there's sorrow, Yet there's rejoicing. Although there's weakness, yet there's strength. It sounds like God. It sounds like God. God has come through. Although you're, you're, you were sinking and although your head was just floating there, God came. And if you can withstand uh, just being under that juniper tree, and if you can ask God, God, just kill me. Get me through this time. God will come through. He'll give you that meat. 
He'll give you the grace so you can get to him, so you can get back up, so you can get moving again, so you can get back to the mount of God. What glory that is. What strength can this man have? A wind that can break rocks. And the Bible says, and after the wind, an earthquake. After the wind, an earthquake. Oh, what will shake your life apart. But Elijah still stood. When everything else is getting torn down, God didn't cause this, but it came with the presence of God. The Bible says God didn't shake the earth, no. The Bible doesn't say that God sent the earthquake, no. It just says it happened. And stuff does happen. When you're serving God, stuff does happen. But let me say this. Elijah still stood. And the Bible says, And after the earthquake, a fire. Reminds me of the three Hebrew boys thrown in a fiery fire furnace. And the Lord was in there waiting for them. I'd be scared that my life would burn up. I'd be scared that what I built in my own eyes would be burn up. I'd lose things. Oh, but you can't lose with God. Fire destroys everything. Fire destroys, will destroy your home, will destroy... Everything you built, or would it? Or does it only destroy the wood, hay, and stubble? Does it only destroy what we think is valuable? But God has other value in mind. And the value that God holds, a fire cannot destroy, but only purifies. But God was not in that fire, and Elijah still stood. And the Bible says, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle. He couldn't take it anymore. He buried his head. He got his answer stood in the entering of the cave, and behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel. What drove him under the juniper tree was still eating him up. He's not gotten over it. He's not left. He still stood. And the very things that eat us up, are you willing to take it the rest of your life with you? Or are you willing for God to take it away from you? You got to stand. Would you let the wind move you? If Elijah went down with the wind, he would have been down. If Elijah went down with the earthquake, he would have been down. If Elijah went down with the fire, he would have been down. Oh, that was God answering me. I'm ready to go off this mountain. No, he waited. He stood it out. He stood through the test of time waiting for God's voice to come through. And he waited. And God answered him. And the Bible says in verse 15, And the Lord said unto him, Go. Go. Return. Return. What's that mean? Elijah, you're freed. You're freed from your cares. I'm with you. What was eating you up all this time? 
shall eat you up no more. When God says go, when God says shall, all you need for God to do is to speak again in your life. Would you wait for it? Would you stand the, uh, through the wind? Would you stand through the fire? Would you stand through the earthquake? Would you be willing to see your life sacrificed for God, for God to just speak for you in your life? God did. God said, go. Go. And that was enough for Elijah to have his feet settled again. No more now am I standing. Now I'm going. Now I have a sense of Walk. Now I have a sense of hope. Now I have a sense of life again. Because God's with me. God's with me. Have you ever found yourself under a juniper tree? Do you think God is done with you yet? Kayla, I want you to sing that song again. Come on up. Brother Rob, she's going to sing that song. Do you think God is done with you yet? Do you think you're alone in your trials? If you can keep your head above the water, just a little bit longer, I promise you, God will never see you drown. If you got one last breath and you say, God, if all you can say is, God, just kill me, I promise you, God will come down and bring you the food you need, bring you the grace you need, bring you the hope you need, bring you the tender care, bring you the love. God is not subject to your uh, situation. God is God. And he can turn your life around with just his word. What you can say? All along, God is with us. Despite of who you are, despite of your circumstances, despite of your uh, failures in life as a father, as a mother, as a husband, as a spouse, God's not subject to you. You don't think God can turn your life around. You don't think God can work a miracle that's never been worked before with anybody else. Oh, if you can just get to that mount one more time. Oh, if you can just get your prayer life back. Oh, if God, I just spend some time. If I could just spend five minutes, ten minutes back with God again. Oh, if I can get my Bible reading back. I remember when I used to walk the streets, handing out tracts and preaching the gospel and seeing people saved and being a testimony to my family. If I could just get back there, God, God will give you the grace. He'll send an angel down and give you the meat you need to run for 40 days. As long as it takes, God will give it to you. However far it takes, God's got it. With the last dying breath you have, in the biggest trial that you thought did you in, it may be the very journey you needed to go on, to set you back on your feet, to get you where you needed to be, to get you maybe where you never thought you'd be with God, on the very mount where Moses walked. God's got plans for you. He didn't love Elijah more than you. He didn't love Moses more than Elijah. Oh, God loves the whole world. And you're just as special as they are. And he's not subject to your failures and faults. 
Let God work his work with you. The only thing holding God back is your very hand. Let him provide the grace you need to run again. You say with your last dying breath, God, get me up off this tree and get me going on my feet to the mount of God. To pray, to read, to witness, to live for God. Lord, help me with my sin. Lord, let me walk with you again. I'm not going to allow this Jezebel and the effects of what I've been through take me away from you any longer. In the name of Jesus Christ, by his precious blood, give me the strength I need to walk. Give me the strength I need to stand against the wind, the wind that's taken out stronger people than I am, the wind that has taken out stronger men, stronger women, the earthquakes that have shaken houses apart, the fire that has burned up lives, Lord, help me to stand. In the name of Jesus, amen. And I promise you all along, God will be with you. Let's pray. Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name. Lord, we're missing out on grace. I rebuke the devil, Lord. He has too much of a foothold in our lives. Lord, the world and the flesh and the devil, Lord. Father, you are so much greater and more powerful. But why do they prevail? Lord, with our last dying breath, I pray, oh God, give us grace to get to the mount. Wherever that mount is in our life, I know you'll give it. Help us to desire it. Help us to wait for it. Lord, we didn't, Elijah didn't give up on that first meet. No, he waited. He laid there and slept. And he waited for the grace. And I pray that each one here will find and wait for that grace to come. And get moving on it and get running again to where you want them to be. Oh, God, I ask these things in the name of Jesus. I pray and ask, Lord, for protection for this church, for everybody here, that you would lead us not into temptation. Lord, but deliver us from evil. Lord, for thine is the kingdom and the glory, power, forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we are your soldiers. We are your disciples. We are your children. We are your servants, and I pray you help us all. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I ask. Amen. 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 Thank you all. I love you. Thank you for this church. Amen. Amen. I pray and hope that you have a blessed week. Don't get overrun by Christmas. Amen. Um, Be a light for Christ. Be a light for Christ. Enjoy Christmas time. Enjoy it. Don't get stressed. Don't let the devil stress you out. Enjoy it. Enjoy the time. Amen. Pray. If you, I, I'm not saying don't go shopping at all. I've been shopping all, all the, everywhere. Uh, but before you go to a store, you pray. Lord, let me buy what I need to buy. Give me good deals. I promise you, he'll be with you. Amen. And get to where God wants you to be. God bless you.